1: throwing in zone spectacular catch they're saying it's a catch touchdown
2: you see most gamblers when they go to gamble they go to win oh
1: my god oh, that's incredible <laughs> big bank small bank i like to make money all right
2: that is the ultimate kibosh you want to bet
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we are underway Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Jill Gallant, with the Action Network. And today, I'm joined by NFL experts Brandon Anderson and Evan Abrams. Now, Brandon, regular guest here on the Action Network Podcast. If you're not familiar with him by now, uh, thank you for listening. But uh, yes, very featured here, awesome insights. And of course, we have Evan Abrams. He is our Stats Wizard Research Director here at the Action Network. Gentlemen, today's show... We're going to be digging deep, breaking out the shovels. We're looking past the regular markets like Super Bowl and NFL MVP. That's child's play stuff. We're getting into the exotic markets. And this is the Action Network's annual NFL exotic bet show where we look at the deeper markets like teams like Best Record, Make or Miss the Playoffs, most points scored, first coach fired. So a lot of interesting markets that we're going to take a look here. Now, the one thing I will just say before we give out our best bets for some of these markets is you're going to hear a lot of, you know, 75 to 1, plus 5,000, 40 to 1. Uh, The one thing I would just steer clear of is maybe just having more fun with these bets. These are kind of more pizza bets, you know, maybe don't overextend yourself and let's have some fun with it. So now that I've got that on record, Let's start with the best record. Brandon, you nailed the Philadelphia Eagles last year at 20-1. to 1. You were all over this. Now, they did end up splitting with the Kansas City Chiefs with the best record, but still, a win is a win. Please tell us, Brandon, who is having the best record in the NFL in 2023?
3: Yeah, that was one of my favorites last year, and this is actually one of my favorites on this pod this year. I'm going to stay in the division, but switch teams to your team, Joe. Give me the Dallas Cowboys, 14-1 to 1. I think that they set up to have a great season, especially in the regular season. I feel better about this not having to win some playoff games with old Mike McCarthy. But look, this team knew that it was very close. And then what did they do? They needed a corner. Stefan Gilmore is here. That solved that problem. They needed some run defense. They used a first round pick on Mozzie Smith, a nose tackle. You don't use that high of a pick on a beefy dude on the line to just stand there and eat up guys. Unless you know, like, we really need this and we don't have a lot of holes. They needed another receiver across CDLM. They missed Amari Cooper last year. Well, now they have Brandon Cooks, underrated, always gets the job done. They bring back Tyron Smith. Hopefully he stays healthy this year. He only played four games last year for them. The Dak Prescott missed five games last year. So at all the key positions here, Dallas addressed the needs that they had. Honestly, too, if I'm being honest, I think Zeke is addition by subtraction. Not because he's not good anymore, but because I think he kind of became the crutch for that team, right? Like, too often, it was, Cowboys fans, you knew, Joe, like, every time, it's like, oh, come on, another first down Zeke run up the gut? Like, this is not five years ago anymore. Let's move on. I I think, too, and this is going to be me talking myself into this a little bit. Look, I don't want Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer holding my money all year. That's not an exciting thing for me, but here we are, but... McCarthy has been very pass heavy when he's run the offense in the past. That's probably good, actually, because that's the strength of this offense now. And I think even if they're a little less efficient than they were under Kellen Moore last year, passing more might even that out and maybe even make the offense a little better. And Sean Hammer's had a really good done a good job of getting the ball to receivers accurately on the move. And I think that's a good setup for Dak. That's good strength for him. And Cooks and CeeDee Lamb, those are the guys you want doing that. So I love the way this sets out for Dallas. NFC East has been something like two decades, I believe, where we've had a new division champion year after year. So I look at the NFC. If it's not the Eagles in the NFC East, it's got to be the Cowboys. I think there's a lot of obvious Eagles regression that just kind of stands out after a year that good. And... Had to wear my 49ers jersey today because I'm not going to have a lot of good things to say about them. So I had to even out the mojo. I just don't see anyone else in the NFC. So Dallas wins a lot. Top offensive line, top 10 quarterback. Even the special teams I like. John Fossil's had them top 10 three years in a row. Obviously, the defense is great. Everyone's number one defense. To me, it's just a team that sets up for a big season. So. I don't know if I believe they're going to actually win this whole thing. We'll get there later, but I like them to win a lot in the regular season, 14 to one. And I'm playing this a few ways. You can take an alt line. I see an over 12 and a half. So 13 and four a season. That's plus 425. You're still going to have to beat the Eagles and win the division to get that one. But I think if they do, I don't want just a division odds. Give me something better. Give me a little more juice and meat on the bone. One seed is plus 650. Again, If you beat the Eagles, who else is in the competition? That's probably head-to-head with the Niners now. So I like that one. And I will take the Super Bowl ticket, 15-1, to because if you are the one seed, you've got a chance to win the Super Bowl. No matter how much I don't necessarily believe in the postseason chances, this is the one for me last year. I didn't take the Super Bowl ticket on the Eagles. And then I hated it all season long. I had this bet here on the podcast, best record, if you're going to buy a team to be the best record, you have to believe they can win the Super Bowl. Now, the ticket didn't cash because the Eagles came up short. But, man, they got really close, and I would have loved to have that long shot. So, all in on the Dallas Cowboys this year, starting with best record, 14-1. to 1.
2: Wow. What amazing amount of praise for my Dallas Cowboys. We could probably <laughs> just end the show right now. I, I think that would probably be it. Uh, I, I love this bet, not just because I'm a Cowboys fan, but because of the NFC path, about the lack of competition and the fact that really it's just a three-team race, I think, what you're pointing to, that the fact that they could get to the best record in this spot. For myself, I'm moving over to the AFC, Brandon. I'm looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm pretty high on Trevor Lawrence for MVP. They have actually the same odds at 16-1 to 1 for best record as him winning MVP at FanDuel. And I think what we saw after their buy and in the playoffs, that's the team that we're seeing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, where they went six and one. We saw two big wins over the Baltimore Ravens and the Dallas Cowboys. Both of those games, they had to overcome uh, huge deficits. And of course that Chargers game, which was just a big shit show for the lack of a better word. Um, but for me, the big thing about the Jaguars is they do have the hardest strength of schedule inside their own division, but only really the 18th most difficult schedule in the league. And those are according to our own Sean Kerner. He project uh, his latest strength of schedule rankings were just published on the Action Network last week. So you should go check those out. Now, the Jaguars, they have the Chiefs, Bills, Niners and Cincinnati on on the docket. But the rest of the schedule, pretty easy. All those AFC teams I just mentioned as well are actually in the top 10 for toughest schedule this year. And they get to face the AFC South teams along with the NFC South. I think that could help propel them into the top seed, especially if the rest of the AFC is kind of cannibalizing itself. Um, again, mentioned Trevor Lawrence being a quality MVP candidate. There's just a lot of upside to go from 9-8 and eight to 14-3, and three, which I think would be able to get the best record in the NFL at that stage. So Jacksonville Jaguars at 16-1. to one. Evan, what do you think of the Jacksonville Jaguars' chances to be able to have best record in the NFL this year?
1: So it was actually funny when it was going to be my turn. I was going to say to myself, okay, which one of Brandon Orgill's bet do I like better so I can praise them? I-, I think I'm more with Dallas, to be honest with you. I, I think Jacksonville has I can't a get mad. I- I'm just going to say, I think Jacksonville has a complete chance to do it. But based off my bet, who I'm going to talk about in a second, uh, which is way more of a long shot than either of these two, to me it's an NFC thing too. Like I, I think it's easier to try to pluck – the team who's going to float to the top based off of a few different reasons in that division in that conference versus trying to deal with the gauntlet of the other conference so just based off of that like and i also i understand what you're doing from the division like i get it it's kind of the reason i'm going i'm going to go with my pick as well and it was kind of the reason branded the eagles last year too so yeah I, I get it but i prefer dallas to be honest so you prefer dallas again i won't really argue then so who in the nfc are youth looking at for best record Sure. So I'm going to be way more concise with mine because, I, you know, I think it's just down to some bear tax and just a little bit of value. I'm going to roll the dice with the Falcons. Uh, and I know you're everyone's going to be like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. I mean, I like Atlanta anyway. I, honestly, their division couldn't be more poor in general. They have the second easiest schedule in the league. Gordon, of course, Kerner. Fourth easiest schedule in the first six weeks. Again, they're in the NFC. They open up two games at home, so hopefully we can get a little momentum, a little running. And, I mean, if you look at last year, improvements on defense, added off uh, weapons on offense. I just like them overall. And then you work in the schedule. You work in the conference. I think it's worth a flyer at like 40 or 50 to 1 I see in the
2: market especially with the fact that the Falcons right now at FanDuel have a win total of eight and a half with the minus odds on the over, as well as having minus odds to make the playoffs. So I I don't think you're alone on this one, Evan. I think a lot of people and especially betters are already looking at this. Brandon, what what are you thinking of the Falcons here?
3: Yeah, I love the Falcons. My eyes lit up when I saw this on the list. I did not consider this here. And I was like, man, why didn't I consider this here? Like (laughs) you're going to hear a lot of Falcons love from me later in this podcast. And I even have like, I I was like, I wish I could bet the Falcons to be the two seed. And I didn't quite get there on this one, but you know what? It's similar to what I said about Dallas. If I really like Atlanta enough, all the ways I do to be at least the two seed, well then why couldn't they win another game or two? Why couldn't they be in the mix here? So 40 to one, look again, we're we're, we're playing long shots here. So I want to chime in on that. The other thing too, that I really do agree with on Evan that I think is important framing on a lot of the picks that we're making here for me, at least, That NFC-AFC thing is really important this season. I did my quarterback rankings article, and eight of the top nine quarterbacks this season right now are in the AFC. It's Jalen Hurts and then eight AFC quarterbacks, then Dak Prescott is my number 10. Maybe he could go (laughs) a little higher in that range, but that's it. That's the 10. So eight out of nine, we only have seven playoff teams. One of the top nine quarterbacks doesn't get into the playoffs, at least maybe more than one because there's other teams down the list that might push as well. So the AFC, to me, like when we talk about make or miss the playoffs or who's going to be the sleeper, I'm all about I want sleepers in the NFC. I want bad outcomes in the AFC because I think the margin is way thinner in the AFC and the margin of stupidly doing awesome, my Vikings last year, or the Giants and coach of the year Brian Dable, it's the NFC. Oh, look! you won 13 games. Congratulations, Vikings. What a great season. You only deserved eight, but it doesn't matter. You played the NFC. So I think that's really important framing as you're thinking about who's my sleeper this year. Who's my long shot? To me, NFC long shots just have a
2: a wider path to, to come through. Okay, so we were looking at a lot of the teams that we're thinking are going to finish at the top of the standings. Now, let's automatically start looking at the basement. I think you mentioned an important word, stupidly doing awesome. We're going to be looking at the opposite for this, stupidly just being stupid, and that's the Arizona Cardinals that I think is going to have the worst record this year, and you can get them right now at plus 250, a classic case of just tell me you're tanking without saying you're tanking, because... This team has question marks at a lot of key positions, specifically quarterback. They've got a battered roster with little talent and a rookie head coach. And usually teams have maybe one of those issues. It's very rare where a team checks all of those boxes, and we're still in August. So they just released Colt McCoy. They traded DeAndre Hopkins, Isaiah Simmons. They they traded one of their starting offensive linemen. They went 4-13 and 13 last year, and they were 1-5 and five in the division. Where is the improvement coming? And they have the lowest over-under win total at 4.5. That's two full games lower than the next team. Another thing about the Cardinals, too, over the last two seasons, and remember, they had a winning season in 2021, so this includes this trend. Home field has been a disaster for the Cardinals over the last two years. They were 4-13 and 13 straight up at home, 11-6 on the road. Six of their eight home games this year are against teams that went to the playoffs last year. And not only that, they're projected to be at least a six-point dog in every home game except one versus the Falcons, where they're three-and-a-half-point underdogs. So uh, the Arizona Cardinals, for me, is who I think is going to finish with the worst record. Evan, do you have a team in the NFC that will finish with the worst
1: record, or are you looking at the AFC? Uh, I'm looking more to the AFC in this one, but I, I think I, I feel like I had to start this the way probably everyone did, which is like the right bet is probably Arizona, but like, let's have like a little bit of fun here just for a second. And <laughs> I want to get one winner though. just one. Yeah. yeah, That's what I'm saying. Like imagine, a world, imagine a world where it's not. So I did a little bit of a formula in looking at this and just went in my head to try to like really narrow down the team. So bottom third in the league and rest advantage bottom third in the league in strength of schedule and in the AFC. So that leaves us with actually three teams, just kind of ironic. It's the chiefs, probably not for this one. (laughs) The chargers also probably not for this one and my bet the Raiders. So Mm -hmm. when you look at it like this, when you look at it like this as well, how about also hardest strength of schedule for six weeks, that's Kansas city. So throw that out the window. Now the one stat that I looked at, So three wins or less over the last five years, all had win totals of six and a half or less. So in this situation, you're usually not looking for like a crazy long shot. It's usually a bad team's going to be bad. And especially the worst team in the league is going to be bad. So that's also why I ended up looking at the Raiders in this spot. Um, I mean, eight games, October to Christmas which include five playoff teams, plus they get Detroit and the Jets. Like, they have a really hard slate as they go through the season. And if I'm looking right now, they at Denver, at Buffalo, versus Pittsburgh, at the Chargers, Green Bay, like the start of the year isn't easy for them. So if things don't go right, things go a little bit, you know, it is McDaniels. So I kind of like the Raiders. And the only other one I was looking at is Tampa Bay. That's near the top. Plus 850, a little intriguing fifth worst schedule for six weeks have also a first place schedule this year, which I think is important with some of these, like their games are going to be hard against good teams. So those are the two I looked at, but I like the Raiders in this slot. All right.
2: Raiders 13 to one for worst record. Brandon, do you share the same sentiment? I do. I like the
3: Raiders. They were the pick. I was going to make the case for here, but you basically made the case. I was going to make Evan. So I'll leave that there. Uh, We'll get to one of my favorite categories. First coach fired later, but I think Josh McDaniels, if things go awry, is a pretty obvious candidate for that. And then the (laughs) odds are much shorter there. So I think this is maybe uh, a better, longer odds way to play that sort of thing. And I think for this one, too, especially this year, this is a great quarterback draft. You want the quarterback. You want Caleb Williams. So who's going to get the number one pick? Who's going to have the worst record? A team that needs a quarterback. like. The the Raiders don't have a good season It's because Garoppolo stinks because spoiler alert, Garoppolo stinks and doesn't fit there. And so it's like, okay, we need to start over and let's start over hard and the right way and get that number one pick and get Caleb Williams or Drake May. Like there's two possible number one picks in the draft at quarterback. So you definitely want a team here that thinks they need a quarterback. Look, I, I think that the real answer here, like Evan said, is the Cardinals. That's that's just the obvious choice. They're tanking, like they're straight up tanking. I I track the way I can prepare for the season. I have a huge rosters matrix where I have quarterback, running back, receiver, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, special teams, offensive coordinator, like this just this crazy matrix of stuff. Everyone gets ranked top to bottom and like you know, if you're going to create a new stat to measure quarterbacks, what would you do to test and see if it worked? You would look and see, is Patrick Mahomes number one in this stat? If I, like, measured a thing and Mahomes came out number one saying, okay, he's the best quarterback, all right, the stat's probably pretty good. So my test this year, preparing for the season as I did my roster's matrix, sometimes I'd sort it running back or I'd sort by defensive line or sort by overall defense. And the way my screen looks, when I click sort – I always see my heading and the very last line. And if I click sort and the last line said Arizona, I knew that I was on the right track because that line (laughs) never moved. It's just Arizona is worse at everything. They don't have anything. We don't even know who the quarterback is on this team for opening day right now. So it's probably them. I like the Raiders. I'll throw out a little longer shot here just to get another team in the mix. Give me my local Chicago Bears 25 to 1. I will bet against Justin Fields two ways. Number one, maybe he gets hurt and we go to the backup. Number two, I just don't think he's that good. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that he so far has not been good. He could be good. Maybe he will become good. He has not been good. That's what I will say. I put him 20th in my QB rankings. I got a lot of crap for that. And frankly, I think I should have gotten some praise. I think that I was like putting a lot of hope in fields. He has not been a top 20 quarterback so far. Guys, do you know? I'm going to let you guess. Do you know who Justin Fields' backup is on the roster right now if he were to get hurt or benched?
1: So it's not Peterman. Didn't he get caught? Yeah, Peterman just got let go. So Peterman's
3: caught. PJ Walker got caught. There's a man by the name of Tyson Bajent out of Division II, Shepherd University, Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Look, Justin Fields runs a lot, he takes a lot of hits. There's a pretty good chance my man, Tyson Bajent, is stepping onto the field sometime this year. I have the Bears' bottom five offense and defense. I don't love that they're in the NFC here for all the reasons we've said it, rather an AFC team. And frankly, that's the worst division for me. So you might just accidentally beat the Vikings or or the Lions sometime or whoever. But 25 to one, if it goes bad, it's going to be because of fields. So if it goes bad, they're going to want the high pick to replace fields, which they chose not to do last year and probably wouldn't do two years in a row. So Chicago Bears, 25 to one.
2: All right, that's enough about these trash teams. Let's talk about make (laughs) or miss the playoffs now because uh, I don't want to talk anymore about the Cardinals or Bears if we don't have to. I'll get us started, though, with the playoff props here. And this market I was looking at missed the playoffs. And I'm looking at the Jets. The Jets to miss the playoffs right now are plus 110. And I know it's an easy thing to pile on the Jets and be that naysayer, but they might have the hardest two months of any team in football. They start off with Buffalo, then they're in Dallas, then they host New England, a team they haven't beaten forever. Then they're playing KC, then they go to Denver, and then they host Philadelphia. Like, that to me is a murderer's role. <laughs> like, the seventh hardest strength of schedule, according again to Sean Kerner's rankings. And then in the back half, if the Dolphins are even any good, they have to still face them twice and the Bills again. So uh, for me, I'm already just looking at there's just a lot of an uphill battle right now for the Jets. They're on hard knocks. Hard knocks teams tend to fall short over the last 10 years. Only two teams featured on the show actually went on to make the playoffs. It was the Rams in 2020 Cowboys in 21. Uh, for me, you need at least nine eight in the standings. I can't see right now more than seven wins on that schedule. Wh- what are you guys thinking right now? So I have the Jets to miss the playoffs. Evan, are you looking at any
1: other teams in the AFC to fall short? Yeah, so, I mean, initially, and I think it's funny I was doing this, I was looking at the Dolphins because, like, I really tried to look at win total about nine and a half. Which of these teams do I think have the best chance to falter? Because it's usually about that range where you tend to find some value. So I did land on Miami. They're about minus 110 range to miss the playoffs. And I looked at the end of their schedule. They end with the Jets wash at Washington, Tennessee, the Jets again, Dallas, Buffalo, Baltimore not the easiest end of the year now you look at rest advantage they are plus seven but that all comes with one game which is coming after uh Germany and they play the Raiders who they should beat anyway and a rest advantage wouldn't matter and you kind of look at Tua missed 15 games the past three seasons Mm -hmm. literally with him a hit can happen at any point And listen, like the Jets, and I thought it was funny, I looked at the rundown and saw Jets, I thought Dolphins, I think we're on the same page in thinking that somebody is going to fall off in that division if people like Buffalo, and I'm going to talk about New England in a second, I absolutely hate New England, so (laughs) I I couldn't be more anti-New England than during this season, so I also looked at this as, you know, is it possible they're both really bad? Shrug emoji. Possibly. I think the other bet that I really like in this spot, and I'll be quick here, is the Lions. So plus 136, plus 140 to miss the playoffs. Their schedule's brutal. They're non-division trips. Chiefs, Ravens, Saints, Cowboys, Chargers. And they've got so many back-to-back road games. 6-7, 13-14, 16-17. And come on, they're just 4-12-1 on the road under Campbell. Like, There's a decent chance another team in this division kind of steps up to the top i've heard stucky likes the uh packers i know raybon likes the bears like everyone kind of has their choice and pick when everyone's trying to go against the lions so i think a lions not to make the playoffs and kind of fade everything that you know all the momentum of the season is a decent way to play it
2: brandon uh sounds like both evan and i are just kind of crapping on the afc east here um uh, <laughs> Do you concur, or are there other teams that you're thinking about that uh, could make or miss the playoffs?
3: Yeah, I actually, I had three picks here I was looking at, and two of them are two of the ones you guys just did. So I'll just chime in on, I agree, Jets and Lions both to miss the playoffs. Uh, Basically, Jets, everything you said, Jill, I think, too, a couple key positions that they're very thin on, they're out of receivers after Garrett Wilson. Get get out of here with Aaron Rodgers' buddies playing receiver. Like, I do not need – if Wilson was injured for any amount of time – We got suddenly Alan Lazard and and Randall Cobb. These are your top options. (laughs) Like Elijah Moore, I think they need him back. They should not have traded him because now Corey Davis retired to get away from Aaron Rodgers. You heard it here first. Like there's nobody left there. And then on the defense, I was surprised in my, my roster's matrix. As good as this defense looked last year, the overall talent doesn't really pop on my matrix, except at corner where corner is really, really good. But corner is one spot where you could get an injury or two, some cluster injuries, and that thing switches in a hurry. So I just think there's a lot of ways that could go sideways. Lines, I agree with what you said, Evan. The thing too with Detroit, you start the opening night, Thursday night in Kansas City. So at the very least, you're probably 0 1 and already last in the division. So literally just buying in, and I see a plus 150 to miss the playoffs, that number is going to just move in our favor. And you could practically just like you might even be able to buy on the other side at a plus number after one game of the NFL season and just immediately lock in a profit and wash your hands and be done for the year. So there's a possibility there. I'm going to go with the team that Evan talked about earlier here and do the Atlanta Falcons. So Atlanta is plus 110 to make the playoffs. Uh, I just what I like about Atlanta this year, I, I don't know if I love, love them to, you know, like go on a Super Bowl run or something crazy. But to me, they added a lot of floor raisers. The defense brought in just a bunch of veteran guys, right? Some adults in the room. Jesse Bates at safety, I think, is going to make a big difference kind of organizing things. On the D line, they went from having a really weak line to Anyamada and Calais Campbell, and they got Bud Dupree to rush the passer. I really like the new defensive coordinator, too. Ryan Nielsen comes over. He was with the Saints working with the line, and we've seen how good that Saints defense has been in, in really developing guys, Uh, Their their D-backs coordinator, another one, came from Green Bay. They've had a lot of success developing corners there. So I think the defense goes from terrible to eh, maybe okay, like average, which is a really important step in the NFL because it gives you a chance. And then the key is the offense here. I have this as the number eight offense in the NFL. Awesome blocking line. Bijan Robinson, I'm all love for my guy, Bijan Jill, you and I talked about him. Both aligned for rookie of the year offensively. Drake London, Kyle Pitts. There's plenty of weapons there. And I don't know about Desmond Ritter. I'm not really that sold personally, but Desmond Ritter plus Arthur Smith can give me competency. We've heard all year the 49ers thing about it doesn't even matter who plays quarterback for them. Well, I'm not sure if it matters a lot who plays quarterback for Atlanta, as long as it's not Marcus Mariota anymore. Like give us an actual quarterback in 2023, but Arthur Smith had a top six offense twice in Tennessee and he was 13th last year, DVOA, even though Mariota and a rookie played the entire season. So I actually have the floor very high on this team. Their over under is eight and a half. I, I project them about 10 wins. So in the NFC, that is very safely in the playoffs. I, I have a seven or eight win team making that final wildcard spot. So I like Atlanta for more than this. Uh, we'll, we'll get to them again as far as divisions and uh, things beyond that. But to me... You guys know I love my escalator bets. This, for me, is kind of a good baseline bet. Gave me a thing that I feel pretty good about hitting here, Atlanta, just to make the playoffs, even if it's a wild card. And then I'll use some of that to sort of fund my escalator bets in Atlanta later on.
2: Yeah, one of the things we see every year in the NFL are teams who come in, they finish last in their division, and then surprise everybody and go right to the top and win the division title. For example, Brandon, you did this last year. You had the Jaguars at uh, 8 to 1 to go from worst to first. And I think you might be thinking of another team in the AFC South. What are you looking at right now?
3: Yeah, back to the well on this one. Back to the same division, out with the Jaguars, in anyway, with <laughs> my Houston Texans, 11 to 1 worst to first division winner. That is my pick in this year's worst to first. Actually, Atlanta is my pick too. So Give me Atlanta plus 220. I just made the whole case for that. Nothing more to say there. Houston, again, added a lot of floor raisers. This team has not been irrelevant for a few years, right? This is an actual professional football team now. The defense is going to be way better. D'Amico Ryans led the best defense in the NFL last year, and he's the head coach here. You're going to have to work miracles overnight, but look what he did with Hufanga, with Fred Warner, guys who were a little bit more unknown that became superstars in San Francisco. I think Houston has a lot of talent. Will Anderson, my man for defensive rookie of the year. Derek Stingley, the corner. They brought in Rankins, Jimmy Ward. I I think there's just a lot of defense here that's going to improve. And uh, offensively, the line I'm hoping is good. We got some injuries now, so I'm getting a little concerned there. I need CJ Stroud to have a lot of shell around him a lot of help but hopefully good offensive line i think best line in the division the best defense best special teams i like the texans 11-1 i'm not a believer in your jaguars jill i'm sorry but i like houston here for a lot of awards this season this is one of my
2: favorites all right well the will anderson jersey i'm sure is in the mail uh speaking of another worst to first candidate evan you were looking at somebody in the afc
1: Yeah. So I'll also set the table a little bit on based off Brandon said, I think an interesting way of looking at these types of bets is looking at all the divisions as a whole. And right now this is like the tightest division race we've seen in years because currently there is no betting favorite of minus 200 or higher in any division. And that's the first time since 2004 and the second time since 2000. So at the current moment it's anybody's race in almost any division, but probably the Cardinals. So if you look around, Falcons. I'm anti Detroit. I'm anti the Jaguars. That's why I like his Texans pick. So I do think there's like, you know, I even think there's an opportunity in the AFC West for the first time in maybe a millennium. So I even think there's, but I'm going to look at the Browns uh, and I, I, I know we're going to talk, you know, we've talked Steelers. I think there's also an opportunity here with what we've seen with the Bengals, but listen, I like what they've added. And we talked about Elijah Moore before. I think he's a perfect gadget for the team. Just another weapon for Watson. I love their offensive line. Uh, Cedric Tillman in the third round, great uh, red zone threat. Uh, I love the rapport I've seen with Nojoku. I just think there's an opportunity with a Cleveland team. Uh, and you think about Zadarius Smith, Thornhill, McLeod. And like we've talked about before, Cleveland has a last place schedule. So nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think there's value in Cleveland. I think there's going to be another team in that division, possibly, aside from uh, uh, the uh, Bengals. And I think the Browns have an opportunity. Browns have not won the
2: division since 1989, which is insane when you just think of all the the things that, you know, just we always see division turnover. There's always a new team every once in a while. The fact that we have not seen them even in an 11 and five year, they were still not first in their own division when they made the playoffs uh, a couple of seasons ago. I'm going to be sticking with the AFC North, Evan, but I'm actually, again, we probably should be making long shot bets. I don't know if this is really a long shot bet because it feels like the safest bet in that exact same division. I'm taking the Steelers to win the division at 5-1. to one. Now, they finished 9-8 and eight last year. They haven't had a losing record since 2003. They also haven't won the division in two seasons. They haven't won it since 2020, but historically, they lapped the field. Like, they have 24 division titles. The next team is Cincy with 11. And another factor about the AFC North that I find is the history about it. Because stability typically doesn't last in this division. So the Bengals, they've won the division the last two years. But it's kind of going against history for them to win a third year in a row. Because no team has won it three years in a row since the Steelers have done it in 94 to 97 now you have two factors like t.j watt and mike tomlin those are big influences for this pick i kind of talked about t.j watt how i was taking him for defensive player of the year on our awards podcast here on the action network podcast but it was night and day when he came back into the lineup last year they went eight and one in their final nine games when he came back only giving up 14 points per game i mean mike tomlin you want to talk about coach of the year he led a team that was last in total passing touchdowns to nine wins. Do you know how hard that is to do? Like, it's it, just making something out of nothing is so, is really his specialty. So, the Steelers to me are one of the few teams that I also feel will kind of work for your money. Like, you know, they're not going to just mail it in. Like after a month, like if if they if Pickett goes down, the ship goes on, and they're going to keep trying to win for you. So, I like the Steelers to win the division. At five to one,
3: I like both of those bets because in that division, I have 9.75 wins for the bottom team and 10.2 wins for the top team. So it's a half a win. To me, that means everyone's in play. So that's a division that I would play now, but I'll also look to play during the season. And maybe even you build a position, you get a couple teams at long numbers before a soft spot in the schedule. Cleveland is actually my division favorite right now. So I'll, I'll side with Evan on this one. But I can't believe how high Pittsburgh getting up in my rankings too. so I think that's a good target from both of you. And I
2: think that's a good strategy Brandon to uh, monitor the odds as the season goes. We know that you're gonna have tons of content throughout the season to be able to adjust and be able to make sure that we build the best most profitable futures portfolio we can have. Now gentlemen, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action and when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Now, before we get into more picks, quick programming note, the Action Network podcast will return with our usual NFL recap episodes. First thing every Monday morning this season. This year, I'll be joined by Evan to go through all the Sunday action. Plus, we'll have Brandon stopping by for his beloved Hot Read segment as well. And as usual, we have our three other uh, shows, NFL Projections, our betting previews with Chris Raybon and Stucky. And of course, our Best Bets episode is every friday morning so lots to look forward to this nfl season here at the action network podcast let's talk about team points scored so there's a couple different categories that fall under this uh umbrella so you have least points scored least points allowed most points scored most points allowed brandon you're touching on maybe each one of them here i want you to fire it and let us know what you're thinking for this category First
3: least point scored. So I want a bad offense and I'm going to go back to Chicago here. Give me the bears 22 to one. I already dumped on Justin Fields. We don't need any more there. I don't really believe in Luke Getze, the coordinator. I'm not sure he's shown a lot. And if you look back, remember mid last season, we were riding the bears overs because right around the middle of the year, suddenly fields was looking great. He had the breakout coming, but the bears couldn't stop anyone. So we're getting these like 35, 32 sort of games Suddenly those games, there were four games right in the middle of the year, 31 points a game all in a row that the Bears were scoring. Outside of those games, they never topped 24 the entire season. So outside of one month when things went well, they averaged 15.5 points a game the whole rest of the season, which that number would rank dead last. So Chicago 22-1, to least points scored. And again, Tyler Bajan, tell me out on this one, buddy, if you get a chance to come and play some quarterback. So I'll go for most points allowed next. And that's a new team for me here. I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts 25 to 1 to have a defense that is hopefully leaking points all year. The Colts were the team, Jill, you and I, I had to text you last night, like near midnight. Where is most points allowed? This is the one out of all the points categories I want. And we found it deep in FanDuel's recesses of their menu there. This is the one I wanted here because the Colts were third most points allowed. already last year, now, I think there's an assumption that they'll be a little better this year, but uh, my guy Gus Bradley, former North Dakota state coach, I do not like him as a defensive coordinator, and they kept him around, even though Shane Steichen came in. He didn't really like I don't know if I love the the mix of coordinators on this team. This defense lost a lot. They lost Stefan Gilmore at corner. They lost Yannick Ngakwe, the the pass rusher. They lost Bobby Okereke. They're the middle of their defense. And they were already bad. And they lost, guys. So I think this year they might have the worst pass rush and cornerback combo in the NFL. Let me read to you the top of the depth chart at the cornerback list right now. I'm not going to have you guess because none of us would have guessed these names. Their lead corner, the only guy who has ever played an NFL snap for them at cornerback, was an undrafted free agent a year ago named Dallas Flowers. He's played 175 snaps. Here's the other names. Another guy from last year, undrafted, Daryl Baker Jr., and then a second-round pick, Juju Brents, and a seventh-round pick, Jalen Jones, this year. Three dudes who have never played a real snap, and then 175 snaps, undrafted free agent. That's the secondary. By the way, the Colts play the Jaguars week one. I think we know I will be on Trevor Lawrence on that one, lighting (laughs) up against this defense. So... The, the secret here, the reason I wanted to look at this one, beyond just bad defense, there's a lot of bad defenses out there. The secret is, I saw a lot of tempo from Sean Steichen in the preseason. Offensively, I think tempo is his way to try to get his rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, going a little bit. Get the ball moving quickly, Get cut the reads, get him up to the line so he can get more time to give him, you know, be in his ear and help him out. Tempo means more plays. More plays means more time to throw at those terrible cornerbacks that no one's ever heard of before. So I'm kind of counting on tempo as my secret weapon here, hoping that that's something that they use to help the offense, and then it goes the other way. So I love the Colts there, 25-1. to And then I'll stay in the division, least points allowed. Give me my Houston Texans. I told you I had more from them. 70-1, to baby. Let's go. I think this might be my longest one on here. D'Amico Ryan's led this category a year ago guys right so if it's only about the coaching and not the players I already got this one made it's probably about the players a little bit but Texans last year second half of the season defensively they ranked 10th in DVOA second against the pass and that was without Derek Stingley who I think is a shutdown corner they get him back now that was without Will Anderson the pass rusher that was without D'Amico Ryan's so I don't love this division Jacksonville's offense obviously can put up points with Trevor Lawrence, but I don't really think the Colts or Titans offense is great. And I have, for my quarterback rankings, Texans have 10 games against bottom 11 quarterbacks for me. That is over half the schedule is a good way to, even if your defense is good, not great, just not give up a ton of points. So they play the NFC South, not a lot of good offenses there. They play the AFC North, lots of good teams that play defense and slow Low scoring, give me a Baltimore 6-3 to three Houston game. Give me Pittsburgh 9-6. to six. Let's go, baby. Texans, least points allowed, 70-1. to one.
2: Okay, Brandon Anderson noted Houston Texans booster. <laughs> Put that in his bio now. Uh, he has the best defense and the worst defense coming out of the AFC <laughs> South uh, for himself. I'm going to move to the NFC East. I'm looking at least points allowed, and the team that I immediately want to pick for this this is the Washington Commanders. They're at 28 to 1 for the least points allowed. They ranked 7th in total points allowed last year. They got Chase Young back. Now if he's healthy, for my money, it's the best defensive line in the NFL. And they were already a top 8 run D last season without Chase Young. They only have 6 games versus teams that ranked in the top 10 in points per game last season. And four of those are versus the Eagles and the Cowboys, two teams that they played very tough last year. And then, of course, they also have six games versus teams that ranked in the bottom 10 in points per game last year, starting with, to start the season, they've got the Arizona Cardinals and the Broncos. That might be 20 points combined, you know, if we're if we're seeing based on what we saw last year. And they also, one of their biggest weaknesses defensively is they needed a ton of help in the secondary, used both their first and second round picks on uh, DBs, both getting brave reviews in camp. So the Washington Commanders, I think a 28 to one could really hold some teams down offensively. So that's who I'm liking for at least points allowed. Evan, you already hinted earlier about how your, your true feelings about this team. What are you looking at for team points scored or is it least points
1: scored? Most points scored. What are you thinking for this category? Sure. So it's I'm looking at fewest points scored. And again, um, I'll preface this by saying it could just be Arizona. So that just <laughs> that might be your easiest bet for this one as well. But I, I think where the interesting value comes in is with the Patriots. Uh, they're 30 to 1, 35 to 1, 40 to 1, I've seen in certain markets, but hardest schedule in the NFL. To be honest, I'm fading them anyway. So let's just have a little fun, right? twenty-seventh uh, in points, sixth in points, seventeenth in points since Brady. So you've been about middle of the pack, but 27th is nice to see for this bet. They didn't fix the offensive line at all in the offseason. So that was like the one thing we were hoping as a Patriots fan that they would do, but they didn't do it. They added Juju and they lost Myers. So I don't like that at all. I think that's a downgrade. And honestly, I think their good defense helps. Now they have no backup if they don't get Zappi back. So I think that's something as well. And Mac Jones has regressed. He hasn't done well in terms of your, uh, YPA. His touchdown interception was down. Uh, his completion percentage was down. It just wasn't good overall. And they're a good running team. So there's, the clock's going to run. Their defense is decent. So I, I think this is an opportunity where the bottom could just fall out in New England, especially based off their, the rest of their division and the defenses in their division. So I'm going to go with New England. The one thing I will mention too about New England,
2: why I love this pick is because they had seven defensive touchdowns last year. They had four the year before that is not sustainable. (laughs) Like they broke the record last year with seven touchdowns. And for me, when, once you kind of maybe properly evaluate that, get that down to maybe three or four for the season, it's a real uphill battle for them to put points on the board. Uh, So yeah, I love that. Now we're going to be looking as well at, markets for last unbeaten team or last undefeated team but also the last winless team that means they start off just looking like trash and they basically don't correct it until some way uh, somewhere in the midpoint of the season brandon we talked about this team briefly in maybe potential worst record what team do you think is going to be the last winless team in the nfl
3: i'm going to be a little chalky on this one and take one of the favorites here i'll I'll take the bucks at 11-1 to look again. The Cardinals are the team everyone wants to start with here. But just a little math to help us feel better about not taking the Cardinals. Arizona plays Washington and the Giants the first two weeks. I don't think anyone thinks those are impossible games for them to win, right? They're clear underdogs. But if you give just a little math for you, Arizona, give them a 30% chance to beat Washington. It's not very good. Give them a 25% chance to beat the Giants, who just won a playoff game. So you're expecting them to lose. The math says there's... Barely a 50-50 shot that they lose both of those games. 53% that they're 0-2. 47% that they accidentally win a game right out of the gates those first two weeks. I'm going to need them to because right after that, their schedule gets rough and they are going to start losing a lot of games. But Tampa Bay, look, we don't have to get into why they're not any good. Avin, you talked about them a bit earlier. Baker Mayfield, come on. We're still doing Baker Mayfield. The o line is starting to fall apart. Ryan Jensen retiring now is a big deal. They're a big dropper in since when I published my offensive line rankings. Tampa Bay starts out against Minnesota and Chicago. Similar to Arizona, those are winnable. Those are winnable games. I'm gonna need Tampa to get out of here 0-2, because then it's Philadelphia and the Saints. We know Tampa doesn't play the Saints well. You get a bye week. I love to sneak in the early bye week into these ones because you can just not do anything and still keep my bet alive while the other teams are trying to get out of here. And then Detroit, Atlanta, Buffalo, Houston, my Houston Texans. A lot of losable games there. The other thing about Tampa, there is talent on the roster when you look and you're like, oh, I, I kind of still see the Super Bowl team, right? But, like, here's an example. It, it's a very thin team. There's talent, but nobody behind them. Gentlemen, I got a trivia for you again here. I want us to name three Tampa Bay Buccaneers receivers. I'm going to start with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. All right, who's got a third one for me? Give me another Tampa Bay receiver.
2: I'll tell you, it's go Scotty, Scotty Miller.
3: Scotty Miller's <laughs> Miller gone. We're not going to get these. I'm going to read off. Here's the entire depth chart. After Evans and Godwin, Trey Palmer, Rakeem Jarrett, Devin Tompkins. Jill, I smell like a 75-1 to 1 anytime touchdown somewhere on that list, hitting somewhere this season. But yeah, this team is going to get an injury or two along the way. They're kind of a stealth tank team as well. I think we could go really sideways there. So 11-1, to 1, Buccaneers, last winless team.
2: Yeah, and I share that same sentiment. The way that I was approaching this, Brandon, is I was trying to find teams that have the tough opening schedule and the losing pedigree. So I sprinkled on two teams. I'm looking at the Jets at 25-1 to and the Lions at 75-1. to So I'll get into the Jets first. We already talked about it, about the missed the playoff start. Uh, No team faces a gauntlet really like the Jets do to start the year. Real possibility of going 0-6. Obviously, the great defense will keep them in games, but I just worry about their execution, the the depth and obviously the offensive line, I think is still uh, a work in progress. But one of the things I'll preface before I talk about the Lions is the Texans. So last year, the Texans were the last winless team and they won by their, by week five, they beat the Jaguars. The last team to have a losing streak to start a season was the Detroit Lions in 2021. (laughs) They went 0-8 to start the year and when you compare the rosters that are coming into this year compared to 21, it's it's not really that much different. Goff is still the quarterback. His home and away splits are nightmarish. Like he'll have a three to one touchdown ratio at home and he'll have a one-to-one one on the road. And it's, it's pretty awful the way that he has looked in, in his time as a quarterback. Obviously we're maybe recency bias of just remor- remembering the final kind of six to seven weeks of last year, but there's so much hype with this team and it's like, I feel like people just are taking crazy pills and forgetting what this team was up until week 10 last year. I'd rather find a way to fade it than embrace it. So I'm taking the Detroit lions at 75 to one and the jets at 25 to one. Evan,
1: are you going to pile more on the Patriots for this? God, I love that Lions pick. I just want to. Sorry, I had to stop down just to that's, <laughs> that. That just makes me uh, all tickled inside. Uh, here's my order. I, I made three bets. I really think there's two bets here. Number one's New England. Is it just New England again? Like twenty five to one. Just the full listen to fade. this. And listen for this bet for me. This was just about math. Like I, I did percentages. I looked at games, and I came out with like a list of about five teams that I think make the most sense. But think about New England. Philly Miami Jets Dallas Saints and then Raiders Buffalo Miami Washington and then Indian Germany like there's not a ton of games there where you're like oh yeah you know Mac's definitely going to win that one so I think New England at 25 to 1 is just a fun bet to get into and my number two on the list is the Raiders at 18 to 1 at Denver at Buffalo Pittsburgh Chargers Green Bay hopefully New England and the Raiders both winless Going into the like week, week six game, and we can, you know, maybe cash a ticket. But to me, those are the two like fun ones. And then the other one who honestly could start 0-4 just based on their schedule. But I'm kind of having conflicting uh thoughts in my brain because I do kind of like them for the division a tiny bit, is Tennessee. They're eleven to one, but at New Orleans, home against the Chargers, at Cleveland and Cincinnati, that could be an 0-4 start. So I was looking at Tennessee, but New England, to me, number one, and number two could be the Raiders at 18-1. to Well, let's move on
2: from these trash barrels called (laughs) NFL teams. Let's look at the chalk at the top, and let's look at last undefeated team. And Brandon, you could probably look right at the top of the list and start making a good case for a team here.
3: Yeah, I'm going to do a chalk pick here and then a long shot. So I'll start with the chalk. I'll just take the Bills, 11-1. to They're my number one team overall. I don't need to tell you why. They finished top five last year, offense, defense, and special teams. They're the only team like that. And I feel like we've kind of maybe moved on collectively from them. Like, ah, well, the Bills kind of missed their chance. And I'm not sure they did. I think they're still in the mix. The other team, if it's not Buffalo, that I like, and this is kind of just taking a shot here, I was not really in on the Packers at all. I'm taking Tengri take Bay 40-1. to 1. And I was not in on this team. I'm still really not. But – To me, it's a more volatile team. I don't really believe in what I see on them. I don't love... I rank their defensive coordinator dead last of all coordinators. He has not gotten anything out of this unit. But it's a pretty talented defense, actually. It's a defense that could be pretty good. And I don't believe in Jordan Love. But there's no question that he could be good. He's looked pretty good in the preseason, right? So I don't believe in what I see, but... What if Jordan Love is pretty good? Like, I don't know. He's going to be an MVP right away. I'm not going to go crazy. But what if he is like the 12th best quarterback? Could he be as good as a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr? I think that's certainly possible. If he is, now the defense is a little better. It all kind of plays together. The Packers start out against the Bears, the Falcons, who I like, but, you know, maybe we're wrong. The Saints, the Lions, the Raiders. Those are winnable games. Then a bye week. Again, early bye week. Can't lose if you're not playing. That's the secret here. Denver, Minnesota, the Rams. These are winnable games. I'll take a chance on the Packers 40 to one. Just a bet on volatility. And frankly, the comedy of betting against Aaron Rodgers sitting over there in this awful schedule for the Jets while the Packers just win every single week. And Rodgers keeps on losing boy, that just makes my heart warm and fuzzy. So give me the Packers 40-1. to
2: Packers is a really interesting choice because I think a lot of people are still not sold on Jordan Love, but the route is there for them to have uh, a nice little run to start the year. And with Josh Allen, really, I think it just comes down to turnovers in the Buffalo Bills because the main thing with him is – He likes to take maybe a little too many chances. He's got 60 interceptions and 77 career games. So you know there's always one game per year where he'll have three picks and really put his team in a little bit of a hole. Hopefully that is by Week 10, Week 11, so Brandon can cash his ticket. But the last undefeated team that I'm looking at, I went into the midsection of the odds. I wasn't trying to look for this crazy, like, you know, Tampa to have the best record or last undefeated team. But I also wasn't looking at the chalk. I was actually looking – In the NFC South, looking at the New Orleans Saints at 25 to 1. Now, they have the easiest strength of schedule, according to pretty much every publication that that does strength of schedule type of uh, uh, analytics. And they only have two games in their opening 10 weeks of the season against teams that made the playoffs last year. And they host the Jaguars in week 7 and visit the Vikings in week 10. So there's a potential to go into their bye undefeated. And I really love their receiving group. I talked about how I think Michael Thomas could have a nice little bounce back year, looking at him in the comeback player of the year market. Their O-line is above average. Their defense still has some playmakers. Uh, So for me, I like the Saints at 25 to 1 to be the last undefeated team. Now, that's not an endorsement of, oh, they're going to win the Super Bowl or they're going to win the NFC. It's more just the fact that they have a pretty easy schedule. Uh, So I think an NFC South team
1: is going to be the last undefeated team. Do you also feel that way, Evan? I do. And it's funny, going into this exercise, my bets were the Bills, fun. Thank you, Brandon. The Saints, awesome. And my bet right now, which I'll talk about, which is the Falcons. So only four teams have home home games in their first two games. Atlanta, Denver, New England, Pittsburgh. And I think Atlanta actually has, like, the best advantage and number going forward. So Detroit, Jacksonville, and London, Houston, Washington, uh, you know, the no-buy thing is a little bit tough because I think what Brandon said is actually really key here. Buy means you can't lose. So that early buy, while it might be a disadvantage for other bets, probably an advantage for this bet. But I liked Atlanta earlier. I think they could start a little hot, at least 2-0 and and get rolling. So I don't mind the number. But I think Buffalo at the top there, given Allen's good early, you know, Buffalo really not being looked at. I, I think that number does hold value and probably should be a little shorter.
2: Yeah. And if you're hearing the the sirens in the background, that's somebody who is just uh, fainted with the value the, coming from Evan right now on Atlanta. <laughs> uh, now Arthur Smith probably doesn't have a chance to see the, get a pink slip at this point this year. But one of the markets that I love to look at is first coach fired, because it really just turns into a shit show for a team. And there's some real value out there. I think that you could get and, Guys, you know, at the top of the list, it's a three-way co-favorite tie between Josh McDaniels with the uh, the Raiders, Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys, and Todd Bowles with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All teams that we talked about. Uh, Cowboys, not so much, but we talked about the Raiders potentially being at the bottom of the standings. Same thing with Tampa. Uh, Brandon, we already talked about the Jets and just, you know, what they could be this year. But it doesn't sound like you're too enthused right now <laughs> with their coach.
3: Well, it's really not even about the coaching here, but yeah, spoiler, I'm going to take the Jets here. I'm going to take Robert Sala, 33-1. to I actually like him. I like the guy, but look, we've done the Jets a few times along the way here. That opening schedule, Jill, you broke it down nicely. It is brutal. Buffalo, Dallas, New England, Kansas City, Denver, Philly. Five of those six games are on national television because we got to have our Aaron Rodgers in our lives. So if the Jets aren't good right away, they're going to be very publicly not good. They're going to be the team we all watched on Hard Knocks. We all got excited, and then we watched them just fall on their face. You know what that reminds me of a little bit? Reminds me of the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson a year ago. You go bring in the new quarterback, you put him on Monday Night Football week one against his old team, and then he poops the bed, and they go 0-1 and start losing all the time right out of the gates. I don't really think Robert Sala is going to be the problem here if it goes sideways, but if they're 2-4 and four or 1-5 after that stretch, by the way, by week, Love to fire my coach during a bye week. That's another one where the bye week matters here. Who's going to get the blame? It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to be any of Aaron Rodgers' buddies. So you can't blame Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator. You can't cut the receivers he brought in and all of his buddies on the roster. Robert Sala is the head coach and basically runs the defense. He's it. He's the only one left to blame in New York. If it goes badly, he's the only guy And guess who's going to have the final say? Is it Robert Sala or Mr. Aaron Rodgers on where this team is headed the rest of the season? Can you guys tell I love my guy Aaron Rodgers, the Vikings fan in me, really? This is a comedic bet against the Jets and against Aaron Rodgers. Hard Knocks coaches have been fired three times in the last decade alone. So just because we saw the team get the hype doesn't mean they're not out of this. Cleveland 2018 The Rams in 2017, Atlanta 2014, and maybe we got the Hard Knocks in season now. Our lonesome loser, Cliff Kingsbury, the last coach to be on Hard Knocks, got fired at the end of the season. He didn't make it like five episodes. Robert Sala, enjoy your television time. You're out of here. 33-1. to
2: Robert Salo was my pick last year and unfortunately he uh, kept those receipts and uh, ended up winning some games and I had a uh, egg in my face for picking the Jets, even though they finished seven and nine for the season. But for me, the way that I look at this category is I, I pay attention to ownership and the ownership history of how they handle coaching. Do they fire at the end of the year? Or are they more of a mid season fire kind of team and how do they f- handle failure and ineptness and th- Obviously, I think that's why Josh McDaniels is favorite because of the Davis family and their kind of erratic behavior sometimes with how they they treat uh, the, their employees. But the guy that I'm picking is Riverboat Ron Rivera. New ownership. They didn't pick him as coach. He hasn't had a winning season as a coach since 2017. They just hired Eric Bieniemy from the Kansas City Chiefs, who's been on pretty much every team's radar as far as interviews go for a coaching position so he could take over if it's not working out they still have Jack Del Rio for defensive coordinator I'm not his biggest fan but at the same time he is he is competent but the one thing I would talk about is the ownership group of the Washington Commanders now it's the same group that owns the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils and if you go look at each team's head coach history <laughs> since they took over many coaches were fired mid-season And like, you look at the Devils, it's not, it's not pretty. I mean, Doc Rivers got canned, Brett Brown got canned, you know, those guys were at the end of the year, but you could tell that they were playoff teams. So, you know, you got to at least let them see it out. The only other candidate that I was considering for this, but then what I was kind of, I had to go look at it just to make sure was Kevin Stefanski with the Browns because of the, just the overall coaching turnover we've seen since Jimmy Haslam has bought this team. But when you actually go look at all of the coaching history for this team, four of the five coaches, even if they were inept, were fired at the end of the season. Only Hugh Jackson was fired mid season because he was in the middle of a three and 25 <laughs> stretch, oh you know, 16 stretch with the Browns. So I'm going to go with Ron Rivera to unfortunately not make it through the season. Evan, are you feeling the Ron Rivera pick or is there another one you're looking at?
1: I love it. Uh, And I think you nailed it all around. I think the new Josh Harris willing to make a change. I think the Howell comments about like only finding a quarterback in week 18, defending the enemy uh, oddly early in camp was very odd. I just think the whole dichotomy of those two together just don't seem to be fitting. And I think at any moment there could be a flip because I don't know if Riverboat Ron is really, you know, Doing it these days, and I feel like most people think he's kind of past his time. So, I, I think the Rivera one's good. I think Sal is a great one. You know, if you saw the last Hard Knocks, he was in the car with the Sopranos episode. So, whacking him at some point might be something. <laughs> um, but the other one, and I have to say this because I do have, you know, put a few bucks on it, but I keep the Belich- brand on point. Belichick at 100 to 1 is just fun. Oh, oh um, and I also think, and I also think this for one reason. Like the underlying issues between Belichick and Kraft are something that can't be talked about enough, especially with this type of bet, especially if the season doesn't go right, especially if it goes really, really wrong, really, really quickly. I'm here. I'll do it.
3: (laughs) On that one, make sure that you check, check the book and check the wording on how this one goes, because my only hesitation there is would they fire quote unquote Belichick or would they mutually agree to part ways or would Belichick retire to spend time with his family or like like I, I think that the ownership thing Jill mentioned like I wouldn't be shocked I think the case you said and the schedule and the Mac Jones and everything would they fire him and how does the book grade it I would want to pay attention to that so
2: be careful there all right well according to Evan Belichick will not make it uh by week <laughs> yeah. eight uh, at this stage uh which could be considered a true d bet. But Brandon, I think, is going to one-up us here, and he is going to take it to another level. This is his true sickos NFL multiverse lightning round. Brandon, take it away for us. Tell us what are some of the sickest bets that you've looked at that you're considering betting.
3: Yeah, I had five more here to wrap us up. Just rapid fire. You're going to have to shop around. These won't necessarily be at every book, but multiverse because you guys just imagine what if the season goes sideways what if the weird thing happens because it's the nfl it's the not for a long weird stuff happens so i got two weird outcomes for teams that we know are pretty good give me the 49ers under alternate under seven and a half wins plus 650 wow kyle shanahan has coached six seasons for the 49ers in three of them they made the nfc championship game in the other three They win 6-10 and or worse. They either are really good or really bad. That's it. That's the only way in between. The offensive line is getting worse. The defense is probably going to regress. They've got bad corners, and D'Amico has gone there now. I'm big on D'Amico Ryan's guys. And what about quarterback? What if this Brock Purdy thing just doesn't work out? What if they made the wrong choice there or the elbow's not ready? What if Sam Darnold can't step in? All we've heard from every analyst all offseason is anyone can play quarterback for the 49ers. Guess what? Other than Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe Purdy, that is not what the numbers say. Everyone else who's played quarterback, including my guy Trey Lance, can't do anything for Kyle Shanahan. So if it's not Purdy, it could go very sideways. Under seven and a half wins. I think if you want to fade the Niners, you've got to really fade the Niners. So this is my way of doing it. Plus 650 on that one. Another one, if it goes badly, we talked about the tough division. Give me the Buffalo Bills to finish dead last in their division, 9-1. to one. I like this one because you don't even really need the bottom to totally fall out. They could finish last in the division at 9-8, and eight, right? Because, well, not if Evan's right about the Patriots. But I think the Patriots are pretty solid. I think the Jets probably are solid, much despite my, my hatred for them here. Miami, hopefully good. If Tua stays healthy... Buffalo, they're a good team. I think that they're going to win a lot of games. But is their a universe a 10% one? That's what this plus 900 is, where they just caught some bad luck in close games. They lose a couple of close ones. Or, frankly, is their universe where Josh Allen got hurt for a while? And he's he's the guy. He's the whole offense. And if he's out, that's open and play here. So they could only even have to do this by a couple of games here in that division and still even have a pretty good season, end up last in the division, So I looked at missed playoffs for them, and it wasn't tasty enough, so I had to go a little further in last in the division. Atlanta to make the conference finals, 10-1 to odds. Evan, you and I are both on Atlanta. If they actually are a one or a two seed, you might only have to win a home game. You're in the conference finals. I'm out after that. I don't want to make the Super Bowl. I don't want a Super Bowl ticket. I don't need it. But win some regular season games, make it to the conference finals, 10-1. to And then I got a couple of rookie quarterbacks for you. Anthony Richardson, to lead all quarterbacks in rushing yards. Not just rookies, all quarterbacks. Last year, only one guy finished over 800 yards, and that was Justin Fields. You heard what I think about Justin Fields. The guy can run, no doubt, but can he stay on the field? Can he be healthy? I think Richardson's going to be a great runner. Shane Steichen, we saw what he did with Jalen Hurts. Richardson's going to run a lot. He's going to scramble a lot. the one thing I know he can do. He's not getting benched. He's an absolute tank, so he's less likely to get hurt than a guy like Justin Fields, presumably. 800 yards is 50 yards a game. You're telling me Anthony Richardson's not going to pass 50 yards a game running? It's the thing he does. It's the one thing we know he does. So it's kind of a head-to-head bet on the fields. 7-1 to one is too long for me, so I love that one. And then the truest, sickoest bet of them all, Clayton Toon. You heard of Clayton Toon, guys? Clayton Toon to lead all rookies in passing yards. 28 to 1. Look, the Cardinals have not named a starting quarterback for week one. They just cut uh, Colt McCoy. It could be Josh Dobbs who they traded for. It could be that Dobbs starts and gets benched at halftime, or it could just be Clayton Toon as the starter. Maybe they just like their guy. Maybe they hate him, but they want to lose games, so they want to play Clayton Toon. Like, why not throw the rookie out here if he starts week one? We got three other rookie quarterbacks. It's not going to be Richardson. He's not going to put up big passing yards. Why can't Clayton Toon have as many yards passing as Bryce Young or as C.J. Stroud? The Texans are good, like I think. They're probably going to have to pass a lot, so I don't know if I love him putting up a big number. Bryce Young's a little dude. He could get hurt. I don't know if I like the Panthers anyway. The Cardinals suck. They want to lose. The defense is terrible. They're going to bleed points all year. You pass when you're behind all game. Why can't Clayton Toon play a little quarterback? If he actually were the week one starter... I think this would be like five to one, six to one. Give me twenty-eight to one. Clayton Tune, all rookie passing yards leader.
1: Man, uh, I love the Richardson bet. I think it's seven to one. There's complete value there, especially because they're going to give him time. He's going to get a lot of snaps. He's going to be there all year. Uh, so I, I like that one. The other bet that I tr- uh, sprinkled on with that Clayton Tune uh, concept, Aiden O'Connell was like one hundred and fifty to one. If things go really bad with the Raiders, I don't think Hoyer is going to be any answer. They might take a look at him. So that was something i looked at if you think the raiders do really bad this year. All right. So, we have given
2: out a ton of bets uh, on the show today. I'm going to give out my favorite ones, my best bets for everything that we just talked about. I still love the Steelers to win the division at 5 to 1, and i still love the Jets to miss the playoffs at plus 110. Brandon, can you narrow it down and give us two or three of your favorites that you uh that you let us know about.
3: Yeah, you know I love my Texans. So give me the Texans 11 to 1 worst to first division. I'm already on the app multi units on that one. Give me Dallas 14 to 1 most wins. Those are the two that I love the most. And then one of those I just mentioned at the end. I like that Richardson bet a lot. 7 to 1 most rushing yards among quarterbacks. I think those are my top
2: 3 plays here. All right, Evan, finish us right. off.
1: Yeah, Raiders' worst record, I think, is a great bet. I'm buying Atlanta. I'm selling New England. That's it. I mean, across right. the board, there's tons of action, but those are the three concepts. Let's go there. Beautiful.
2: All right, well, that'll do it for us. I want to thank Brandon Anderson and Evan Abrams for joining me on the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. And to all the listeners and bettors, bon chance.